Oh, as we think about this book and as I've been thinking about what is written here, I was absolutely captivated, absolutely captivated um, by two men when I was about 15 years old. The first one was the Lord Jesus. When he came into my life, he absolutely changed things forever. I had never met anybody quite like this. He had forgiven me of my sins. He had given me hope for a new life in him. And it was an amazing reality. But the second person I was captivated by was this guy called Paul. Because Paul, what captivated me about Paul is that Paul was so captivated about the gospel. He was so captivated about Jesus himself. Paul would go through anything for Jesus. Paul was a guy who, it didn't matter if he got shipwrecked, it didn't matter if he was in prison, it didn't matter if he was persecuted, all that mattered to him was that the gospel was going forward. He was absolutely captivated by the gospel. And he would say things like this, he would say things like this, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I thought to myself, that is a crazy thing for someone to say. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Why would death be gain for him? The reason death was gain for this guy, Paul, was because he knew that if he was to die, he was going to heaven and he was going to meet with Christ himself. And that was was what captivated him. He was so in love with Jesus. He would live his life for Jesus. And here at the start of this gospel, at the start of this account in Galatians, we hear of a man who is captivated by Jesus. He begins by saying these words. Galatians chapter one, verse one. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ, And God the Father who raised him up from the dead. And all the brothers who are with me. To the church of Galatia. Grace to you and peace. From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who gave himself up for our sins. To deliver us from the present evil age. According to the will of our God and Father. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is a man who is captivated by the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And what he wants to do in beginning this letter is tell us to tell us a few things. First, what the gospel is about and then what the gospel is not about. And in these first four verses, he is going to tell us exactly what the gospel is about. The gospel is about the resurrection of Jesus. This is so key for us to remember that Jesus actually rose from the dead. Sometimes when we try to tell people about Jesus, we will say stuff like this. Jesus loves you, so believe in him. Or we might say, Jesus loves you and died for you, so believe in him. But if that is all we say, we miss the reality of the gospel because yes, Jesus was born into this world. Yes, Jesus lived a perfect life in this world. Yes, Jesus went to the cross. Yes, he died on the cross. Yes, he was buried. But there is a reality of this good news of the gospel that he rose again. And without remembering that good news that he rose again, we have no good news at all. Even secular historians in this world will say that Jesus died. Everybody will acknowledge that Jesus died, but not everybody will acknowledge that Jesus actually rose from the dead. And that is the good news that Paul was captivated by. 
that he rose from the grave. Jesus rose from the grave. So we need to remember that as we are sharing the good news with people, as we are hearing the good news even now, we need to remember that we, we do not just need to talk about the death of Jesus, but we need to speak about Jesus' resurrection, that he himself rose from the dead. You know, every Sunday in our church, we will, we will uh, celebrate what we call the Lord's Supper. So there will be a cup that you can have of juice and there will be a bit of bread that you can have to remember Christ bloodshed for us and Christ's body broken for us. This will be given out to those uh, who want to take from that. And often people think that all we're remembering there is Jesus' death on the cross for us. But even as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, I want to remind you of what Jesus said in, when he was giving the Lord's Supper to his disciples. He said this to them, I tell you, you will not drink again of the fruit of the vine, of this vine, until that day when I drink it new with you in my kingdom. So what does that mean? Even as we are remembering Jesus' death, we are celebrating and remembering the hope of the resurrection that is to come. This is the good news of the gospel, that we actually believe that Jesus rose from the dead. It is a crazy belief, it is a crazy thought, but it is the reality, it is the core of the Christian faith. In fact, what Paul said is if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then my preaching is useless and so is your faith. But we believe that that is what the gospel is about. It is about Jesus' resurrection. But we also remember that the gospel is also about Jesus' death. Here's what he says. Jesus Christ who gave himself, verse 4, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age. Jesus gave himself up not only for our sins, that's the part we often remember, but he also gave himself up for us to rescue us, to pull us out of this evil age, of this fallen world, of this world in which everybody does what is right in their own eyes. Jesus rescued us out of this world. Now we have been thinking about rescue a lot these days. The idea of rescue. We've, we've been seeing many rescues on the news and I'd encourage you to pray for those in, in Turkey and Syria. Over 40,000 people counted dead right now in, in Turkey and Assyria. We need to pray and we need to do what we can to send aid. It is so important. But I heard this story the other day of a young 13-year-old boy who spent 200 hours underneath the rubble of a building and yet was rescued out of that. That is the picture that we have here, this picture of rescue, that we're underneath the rubble, underneath the rubble of this world, of this evil age. And what Jesus does is he not only forgives us of our sin, he doesn't just forgive us of our sin and say, stay there. No, what he does is he rescues us out of this world. He pulls us out of this evil age and gives us a new life. And so we see this concept in the, in the Gospels and in Paul's letter, all letters all the time. This reality of the fact that we were rescued from this evil age and brought into the new age that is to come. 
And you say to yourself, well, how can I be rescued out of this, this evil age? It seems like I'm still here. It seems like I'm still on this planet. Like, Shane, have you read the news lately? It is all bad. There is evil all around us. How could I be rescued from that? And this is the reality. Now, this is the reality of what we call in Christianity the already and not yet. That we have already been rescued out of this evil age, already been placed into eternal life. But we have not yet experienced the full reality of that. And so in Jesus' death on the cross for us, he has forgiven us of our sins as far as the east is from the west. And he has rescued us out of this evil age and given us through his resurrection a hope of eternal life that is to come. That is what we celebrate. That is what the gospel is all about. The good news is all about that. And I would encourage you today, if for some reason you find yourself tuning in or watching this for some random reason, I would encourage you to believe and trust in Jesus, to come to him, to come to the one who would forgive you of your sins, past, present, and future, through his death, and to come to the one who will give you hope of eternal life, the life that is to come. This is what the gospel is about, Jesus' death and Jesus' resurrection. Now in these verses, Paul doesn't just want to tell us what the gospel is about, Paul also wants to tell us what the gospel is not about. You see, what Paul wants to encourage us and say is this, that the gospel is not about what people say. It is about what Jesus says. The gospel is not man's message. It is, it is Jesus' message. This is why a lot of people hate Christianity, right? Because a lot of people think that Christianity is another man-made religion. Christianity is another made-up religion by people. But that is not the reality. Christianity is a message that is directly from God himself, given to us. And this is what Paul says in verse 1 in Galatians. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through men, but through Jesus. I didn't appoint myself, men didn't appoint me, people didn't appoint me. Who appointed me? Jesus was the one who appointed me. Jesus was the one who brought me on board. It is his message. It belongs totally to him. That is the message that we proclaim. That is the message that we say to people in the gospel. It is the good news of Jesus. He goes on to say then, after telling them what the gospel is about, he goes on to tell them, be careful of those who speak against it. In verse 6 he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who has called you into the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. I'm astonished. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and who want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you have received, let him be accursed. 
The gospel is not about what people say. It is not a man-made message. It is not people's message. And what Paul is so astonished by is that, is that the Christians in Galatia, they are believing a twisted, a distorted gospel. So there's these false teachers around who would believe that, yes, Jesus lived a life. Yes, Jesus died. Yes, Jesus was buried. But they would also believe that, yes, Jesus rose from the dead. That is the gospel that they would believe. That is the truth that they would believe. Except then they would twist it. They would say, you have to have this gospel plus the Old Testament law, plus the Torah, plus the first five books of the Bible. You need to follow after circumcision. You need Jesus plus circumcision. You need Jesus plus the festivals. You need Jesus plus the kosher foods. You need Jesus plus. But what Paul is trying to say is the gospel is Jesus plus nothing. It's all about Jesus. And that's why Paul is so astonished that they would turn away. In all of Paul's letters, he begins by saying, I thank the Lord for you. In Romans, in Thessalonians, in Corinthians, in Philippians, in Colossians, in all these letters, he begins by saying, I thank God for you. But in this letter, he begins by saying, I'm astonished that you would so quickly turn away from this good and glorious news that we have in the gospel. The gospel is not about what people say. The gospel is God's message. I remember a friend of mine, I had a friend of mine and he um, very early on when he was 16 or whatever, just after me, he decided that he would follow after Jesus. He decided that he would give his life to Jesus, trust in Jesus, that everything was all going to be about Jesus. Well, he, he got home, he got home to his family and he started speaking about his new life in Jesus. And he started listening to Christian music and doing all this stuff. And his family thought they were crazy, thought he was crazy. His family were worried that maybe he had got involved in a cult or something because his family believed that the message that he was saying to them was a message that was from man and not from God. Well, what is it true in, this, in Galatians here is that Paul wants to tell us, no, this is not a man-made message. This is God's message to us, that Jesus died, that Jesus was buried, and that Jesus rose again. And so what Paul wants to do is give us three scenarios. The first scenario that Paul wants to give us is this. Even if, in verse 8, even if we were to come to you and preach to you a different gospel, what Paul is saying is, even if I, an apostle, were to come to you and distort the gospel, change the gospel, preach a different gospel to you, here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to listen to me. What is Paul saying? The gospel is not about the messenger. The gospel is about the message. That is what Paul wants to say. And the second scenario, Paul says this, even if an angel were to come to you, even if an angel were to come to you with a different gospel. Now, when we picture an angel, we often picture a small, little, cute, kind of white, you know, wings, all this kind of stuff, angel. But in fact, in the Bible, when it talks about an angel, you see angels being these glorious beings that whenever anybody sees an angel, do you know what happens to them? When, whenever they see an angel, whenever anybody saw an angel in the Bible, they would fall flat on their face. 
because the angels were so bright and glorious. And so what Paul is saying in verse 8 is even if an angel were to come to you and all his frightening glory and tell you a different gospel, a different good news, don't listen to him. And finally, in chapter 1 verse 9, he, he ends the account by saying this. If anyone would come to you, if we come to you with a different gospel, don't listen. If an angel would come to you with a different gospel, don't, don't listen. And if anybody... If anybody would ever dream of coming to you with a different gospel, something different than what we see in the Bible, do not listen to them. In fact, what Paul would say is this strong words. Two times he says this. In fact, let them be accursed. Let them experience the hell of damnation. If they would ever dare to take the gospel and twist it and change it. And so what I would encourage you to do is to be careful with who and what you listen to. Make sure that when you are listening to people, that they are speaking directly from the Bible itself. Not just holding the Bible, but actually speaking from it themselves. You are to listen with great discernment. To make sure, you see Paul, when he was writing most of his New Testament letters, in most of Paul's New Testament letters, do you know what Paul did? In most of his New Testament letters, Paul wrote against false teachers. Paul made sure to write against false teachers and literally every single one of them. What is that to say? There are false teachers, false gospel preachers all around us. And anybody can make a, a message look, look, look expert, but the reality is we need to see if what they are saying is true. And this is what I love about the church that I am a part of. In the church that I am a part of, I actually told them this this morning as well, this is the reality. I said to them, if ever I, if ever I say that the gospel is about Jesus plus something else, if ever I am adding anything to the gospel, if ever that were to happen, do you know what you're to say to me? You're to say bye-bye, see you later, you're gone. And the reality is in the church that I'm in, they can actually do that. Because we hold to what is called the priesthood of believers. That means it is the church, the congregation, who make the decisions. And so if the church, the congregation themselves, the local body themselves, see that I'm preaching something that's not the gospel, they can say bye-bye to me. See you later. We'll look for a new guy. And I think that's the right thing to do. If ever there is an inkling that anybody is twisting the gospel, the other thing I would say to you is this. If you are, are listening, some, many of us would listen to um, maybe sermons online or different things online. I would encourage you to be careful because it is naive of us to believe that there are everybody who holds a Bible, everybody who stands in front of a camera, that everybody is preaching the exact good news of Jesus. And so we need to be careful that what we are hearing is truth and we need to listen to that with discernment. Be careful with what you're listening to. Make sure that it's all about Jesus. Make sure that it's about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And it's not Jesus plus other stuff. It's all about him. It's all about him. So what Paul is saying is that the gospel is about Jesus. And the gospel is not about what people say. It's not their message. It's not how they distort it. And also, finally... 
The gospel is not about what people think. It's not about what people say, and it's not about what people think. The last thing he will say is this. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Do you know what he's saying there? If he was a people pleaser, if that was what his life was about, just about people pleasing, if that was all his life was about, he would not be a servant of Christ. He would not be following after Christ. He would not be devoted to Christ. He would not be worthy of the name of Christ. Christianity is not about pleasing people. It can't be. It can never be about pleasing people. It has to be all about Jesus. And that is the message. And so I would encourage you, if you are thinking today about this Jesus, should I trust in him? Should I believe in him? Should I ask him for the forgiveness of my sins? I would encourage you to do that even right now. Ask Jesus right now to forgive you of your sins. And he will, as far as the east is from the west, ask him right now to give you new life. And he will give you new resurrection life. He will give that to you. If you ask him right now, he will do that. But remember this. That decision will be the best decision you will ever make. But that decision will not please people. In fact, that decision will make people probably very angry. And so you need to determine what Jesus said is this. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. That is Christianity. And for those of us who are Christians, just like Paul here, we, there are times where we need to speak the truth. And that's what Paul is doing. He knows the Judaizers at the time are going to be reading this letter. He knows they're going to hear this letter. And he's saying, am I trying to please them? No. All he is about is pleasing God. Whoever you try and please, they are going to be your master. And I would implore you in your life, seek to please Jesus above everything else. Be captivated by him. Let your life be only about him and him alone. That is the uh, first chapter, uh, the first few verses in the book of Galatians. Um, praise God that we could look at it uh, this afternoon. And I pray that it would be a blessing to you. And if you'd like to tune in again uh, sometime to our services or uh, come live, you would be absolutely more than welcome. Thanks for listening. God bless you. See you.